Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Erica Ziegelman online. Erica, how have you been? Hi, I've been all right. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Mike. Oh, been looking forward to this conversation for quite a bit. So, you know, we interacted on a, um, I forget what platform it was. Um, but club. Oh, that's right. Lunch Club. That's right. And, and realized, oh, you know, both have San Diego ties and all of that, but we're not originally from that area. So why don't you share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into the conversation. Yeah. Um, so my name is Erica Ziegelman. I'm an integrative leadership coach and a former media executive, worked in advertising for agencies, startups, tech companies for about 15 years before um, having my own journey with burnout there and back a couple of times, and then decided to um, educate myself and acquired a new tool new toolkit of skills and now i support leaders who are in corporate so that they can tend to themselves and um, be more conscious leaders and avoid burnout so we clearly had a lot to geek out on together oh absolutely and one of the things that always comes to mind too when i think about people that are working in the corporate space that are dealing with with burnout and all of that we, there's you know many of us that have left corporate quote unquote and went on our own or doing something else maybe a nonprofit or who knows but the key thing to remember is we can't have everybody leave corporate because of burnout because then there won't be any corporate exactly. so yeah. we have to approach this from a different vantage point with the goal of course is to you know make mm -hmm. those important people in you know every every layer of you know the corporate entities you know healthy and productive and actually you know reaping the benefits of their work and uh, enjoying what they do again and there's a lot of people that do you know, and it's not, yeah. uh, we, don't, we don't want to paint this picture where 100% of people are burned out. We're not there yet. And I certainly hope we never do get there. But depending on the industry and depending on the role, it, it, the numbers are higher um, than than other areas. And it, it's it's alarming because uh, yeah. you know you know what burnout tastes like. I know what it tastes like. It's not fun. I don't like seeing people go through it. I don't want them to go through it. I know you don't either. So it's, you know, that's why it's so important for the work that we're doing is to show people, you know, there's a way out of this and you can still, you know, stay in the type of role that you're in right now. Maybe not at that company. Maybe you will stay at that company. Hard to say, but at least you got to have the tools and figure out why you're burning out, what you're doing, uh, what are the external factors that are contributing to it and and sort through it that way and ultimately hopefully end up being wiser and healthier and just a better employee and a better person after doing all the work. Yeah. <clears throat> Couldn't agree more. And I, I think with my with my personal experience in my journey, I had to go through my own personal healing and like really acknowledge acknowledging what was happening it took someone else to tell me like this these feelings that you're having and this pure 
fatigue and exhaustion, all these things are symptoms of burnout. And I didn't even realize. So it was like my own aha moment and then my own journey. And then at this time, I was still in corporate um, managing client services function at a very large tech company. And I realized I had an opportunity from within to shift how I was showing up and to give permission and and model for my team, you know, how to work and um, take care of myself in a different way that was more sustainable. And I started to notice the ripple effect of that. And ultimately, I decided to remove myself from the corporate environment, but I reach back in now from, you know, with an outside perspective to help um, educate and uplift and transform those leaders so that they can have a ripple effect. And that's really where I see the impact. You know, when we start with the leaders, they are modeling it for the generations, the the rising leaders that will follow them. And we can have that be a toxic model or we can have it be a healthy, sustainable model. Um, we just need to teach them and guide them how. And that's the key thing is just teaching them because the way that they learned was probably combination of the leaders or executives that they've worked with in the past and they kind of borrowed some habits some good some maybe not so good and that's just how they do it and they they can't approach things in a different way and and having somebody like yourself that has obviously the corporate background you know they'll listen to you because you've Mm -hmm. been in the you've been in the trenches you you know what it's like and you can say yeah there's this and this so here's a different way to approach it and Mm -hmm. if you do this then you will get better performance out of yourself and you'll get better performance out of your team because they're mimicking you Uh, and you know that's the thing a lot of executives don't really notice is that their team is behaving the way that their executive is so if they're working 18 hour days sending emails you know 11 p.m on a saturday night and doing all this work your employees are thinking well that's what's expected of me and and many executives would say if you ask them do you expect your employees to work at saturday night 11 o'clock on a non-urgent matter and they'd say no well you're sending them emails and right they think that you need to respond that now you know they're they're out you know they might be at the club or out to dinner or a concert or something like that all of a sudden they get this slack message of need to update this presentation and all of a sudden that's the only thing that's on that employee's mind right now can be completely removed from wherever they're at and it's like i always tell people as hard as it is like just put your phone on do not disturb or Mm -hmm. i know it does have an off button i i i I found i found that on my ibinky not too long ago i'm like this thing turns off wow i didn't know that i knew it die if it ran out of battery but you could actually choose to shut this thing off wow that must be that must have been a new feature i don't remember that before but now but most people won't Exactly. And the percentage of time I'm de- your, depends on the industry and the field that you're in. If you're in healthcare, this might be very different than you work in media, but it's very rarely uh, a true emergency, right? A true business emergency that needs to be attended to in that minute. But like you said, it hijacks your attention. So even if there's nothing you can do about it, or it's not necessary for you to take an action, you're now taken out of the present moment and having a like a parallel experience to what you're actually doing and which also means that we don't have that time to recover 
So I think staying in that constant state of vigilance and like always waiting for that next Slack to come in or email to come in or, you know, urgent request from your boss or your client, like keeps us in this elevated, activated state with adrenaline and cortisol constantly running. And then when you have time off, you can't really unplug. We're like addicted to that. So I know I'm preaching to the choir, but you know, that's, that's what happens. And if leaders aren't aware that they're contributing to that, you know, that's a huge opportunity to inform them and, and to shift these behaviors from the top down. Yeah, I'll give you an example of that. I, I, I called it, I actually published an article not too long ago on my blog about addiction to email, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I, I purposely did, not with your email, but with most of the emails that I get, I set up a separate email account if it's a newsletter or it's a um, lead magnet or something like that. So I have everything driven to that email address. So that way it kind of keeps my business email account relatively clean other than just business inquiries and you know client work and things like that. So the other day I went to log in in at the other email and there were 60 new emails that came in that morning. And I thought, okay, this is way too much. It's like, and I'm not saying that those email, I signed up for them. They weren't just like spam. They showed up. No, these are separate emails that I had signed up for with all great content. But the problem is if you spend all your time looking at those 60 emails and all the messages, and again, all of them are, are, were rock solid good, it takes you away from what you should be working on. You know, pick two or three things that are your most important things to do that's going to move your business, your career, whatever, forward. If it meets the criteria of those three, then by all means, sign up for it, read the email, but apply it, do something with it, make a note of it or apply it. Otherwise, you're basically reading the newspaper. Uh, and it's, again, not knocking anybody that has, I you know, sent out emails too, but what I ended up doing is like, you know what, this is too distracting to me. So I had a choice, either delete the email account or just unsubscribe. And I went through and just unsubscribed pretty much all of them. And yeah. if, and if anybody's listening and I'm, you know, you got my unsubscribe, it's nothing personal. It's just, I, it, it was too, it was taking too much time away. So now my inbox, you know, it, it's a lot, you know, a lot less emails are coming in. It's business specific mostly and all of that. So I'm finding that, you know, thing you just talked about. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't get a message. Oh, gotta go check my message. Gotta go check my so it, it's something that I'm I found myself guilty of. And I talk about it too. You know, it's like, come on, my brother gave me the the phone nickname of iBinky because I was always on it like a baby <laughs> with a pacifier. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Apple has that trademark. If they don't, they should. <laughs> um or somebody else can do it and then you know make a few million dollars off of Apple. They get have, royalties, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have it. Uh but the, no, they would they would probably win in court because it's so close and Apple has more legal power than most of us do if we all combine our money together. But Fair. another story for another day. But ultimately it just boils down to you know, having boundaries around when you consume things and when you don't. And everybody's different when it comes to that. And I'm not about to say you should only check your emails at this, 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 and this time. No, I, everybody's different. But I think we're both in agreement on, and we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show, 
where you have to really have boundaries around what kind of information you're consuming and how much of it, especially during times like we face right now with what's going on in the world and with the situation in the Ukraine and, of course, you know, the recent developments in, in Israel, in the Middle East, and, you know, all the players. And it, we are in a very combustive state right now, in my opinion, and I'm very, very concerned about what could come of all of this because it's it's one rocket or one bomb away from a, a full-blown across the planet kind of thing and i don't want to even use the words but there's been two of them in our history and it wouldn't shock me to see a third one i just certainly hope i don't see it in my lifetime or for generations or quite frankly ever but mm -hmm. it's it's a very frightening situation that we're facing in a lot of pockets of this world and we talked about it again in in, in the pre-show on how heavy it is for us and for people around the globe and you know and, and even you know all sides of it you know i'm not going to isolate you know one group versus another it's it's heavy for everybody and i i really just it, it it's hard on us and it's hard on everybody and i i really wish it wasn't that way because it doesn't need to be that way but it is and you know i'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on that yeah i mean even as you're just started shifted to that topic, I noticed my heart rate <laughs> increase because it is such an activating time that we're in. Um, and there are so many, <laughs> so many global events and so many things that are um, overstimulating that, you know, whether it's visuals of horrific violence or you know, climate disaster, like all of these things that like we're seeing happen in real time. And we talked about this in the pre-show too. I think the difference now is that with social media and just being globally connected, we see everything happening in real time. And it's so much for our systems to take in. And um, when we're already carrying chronic stress from our work and from you know, our family obligations and financial stress and all of these things just piled on, on, on. It's so imperative that we are defining our own boundaries with how much we're willing to take in and then how we are proactively giving ourselves space to rest and recover. Um, and really, yeah, like let us downregulate our nervous system response because staying in this constantly activated state is a surefire, like fast track to burnout. Um, and so I'm, you know, noticing for myself what those boundaries need to be. And I was talking about just taking social media off my phone because the thing with social media is I might go because I want to like soothe myself with like a kitten video but you don't get to choose what you're served. So you might see something that you do not want to see and you're kind of bombarded by that image. And, and you know, before you even have a chance to, to flip the, to scroll past it, like it's too late, you've already seen it and you can't unsee it. Um, so yeah, I think this is a really uh, important time for us to be turning inward and regulating you know, for ourselves, but also co-regulating with the people around us, um, with our animals, with pets. That's another great way to calm the nervous system, but just like finding those tools and practices that help us stay grounded when we're constantly being reactivated. 
Yeah, and you make a great point, you know, compared to, you know, previous times of war and strife where, you know, the information would come to us through news channels, you know, cable news or broadcast news and whatnot. And you, of course, working in the media, you're well aware of this. You know, there there's a review of what we can put on the air and what we can't. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they'll say, you know, there's a warning, this is pretty graphic, but there's certain things that they they will not put on. The thing with TikTok or Instagram or any other service where you can actually go live and show exactly what's going on in the world, not just from, you know, your balcony uh, in Tel Aviv and, and seeing things, you know, bombs and all of that, but even the people that are taking hostages and Mm -hmm. some of the things that we've been, I I thankfully have somehow avoided seeing most of that because I, I I just, but you're, you're, you hit it right on the head. You Mm -hmm. launch Instagram, you want to see some cat videos or um, the memes of the cat driving, leaving work. (laughs) You know, one of my favorites was, you know, uh, can't find a parking spot at work. I'm going home. They have enough people. I, I I just found that so hysterically funny, and just this you know white cat driving a car. Yeah. Uh, it just it's it's comical, and yeah. we need that type of you know silly humor in these really heavy times. But yeah. unfortunately, you launch it. It's it's kind of like a you know social media roulette. You're like, what am I going to get here? And it could be something again, depending on who you follow. And it gets to the point where it's like, okay, do I unfollow everything? But you have to understand, you know, the algorithms on these things they will feed you content that you may have liked or looked at before. So even though you may not be following, let's say, a news agency, it's like you know you've you've liked something from a similar organization before would you like to see this and you're like no i don't want to see that right now and it's there's a lot of work that needs to be done around that from the social media standpoint i am not one for censorship i i but there but there has to be some humanity and you know some we're not going to show graphic things that are going to be harming um to the psyche of people that could consume it i mean you could traumatize you could traumatize somebody that's 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 what it is it's vicarious traumatization where we are being traumatized by seeing these visuals and hearing stories especially when it's like i'm considering almost like non-consensual when when it happens in social media and i know i realize it's my choice to open an app but um um, yeah, we can be traumatized. We are being traumatized by seeing this and hearing the sounds and the stories. And, um, you know, I'm not advocating for putting our heads in the sand either and not being informed because I think it's really important to be educated and to understand the situations that are happening. Um, just from a political perspective, we are like all connected. Um, a humanitarian perspective more than anything, but um, to do it in a way where like it's at a time where we choose, where we feel resourced to do it, where it's not, you know, um, going to just like take you out of, of your day when uh, it's just a lot. It's, it's been very, to me, it's been very um, kind of all consuming this week. So 
trying to figure this, you know, how to walk this line for myself. Yeah. And it's one size doesn't fit all. It's what, what I do myself when times are challenging or down or, you know, dealing with a bit of depression or anxiety or anything like that is it just like, okay, let's get back to the basics, you know, okay, let's, you know, whatever kind of brings you more of a, a relaxed or happy state could be meditation, could be listening to just, you know, different sounds, brown noise, your favorite music, you know, going, you know, going for a drive and going back to your favorite coffee shop that is nearby. You know, if you live across country, that's going to be a long drive, but you you, you can find mm-hmm. something local. Um, apparently there's coffee and tea shops in San Diego. I've, I've heard a rumor. Um, I, 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 if I, I don't bother with the frequent cards cause I, my, I'd have to have like two wallets just for all of those things. So it's just not, it's, it's like, that's okay. Uh, I'll let somebody else get a discount, but, Whatever you do, and this goes for obviously for you and everybody listening and watching, is just you know figure out what those things are in life that you love doing that kind of brings you into a, I guess a singular space mm-hmm. where you're not thinking about work, you're not thinking about what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, overseas or in your own backyard or whatever. Just you know get to you know, find that whatever it is. And sometimes it could be a physical object that you touch to remind yourself, okay, it's going to be okay. I mean, right now we're in the midst of a storm, you know, as you know, uh, I forgot who, who said it. It was, um, I think Churchill, if you're going through hell, keep going. You know, a lot of people have said that, you know, don't stop, just keep going, you know, through it, get through the storm and you'll be fine. You know, in, in situations like what we're seeing right now, there's so many of us that feel powerless but i i think uh, i want to flip the switch on that and saying if you take care of yourself and you protect your energy and you protect your well-being and you get to a happy loving state of yourself making sure that you truly love yourself and you're taking care of yourself the best that you can that emits an energy that people recognize and hopefully they will pick up on it and they will do the same thing so we can get to more of a harmonious state because we are one you know one planet um yes there's these borders that were man-made um and a variety of other factors involved i don't want to simplify things it's complex you know especially you know since you know some of these uh battles and things like that have been going on for a very very long time and it's to the point where i often say do they even remember what they're fighting about um, and uh, it's, you know, there, there's, it's just, it, again, that's a simplification of the dynamics of everything that's going on over in Israel and Palestine and the Gaza Strip and, and all of that, but it, it shouldn't require harming people. It should, t- mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Let's figure out, because come on, it's, it's, it, people shouldn't be dying about this, but they are. And, it you know it's tough and, but again going back to you know what we talked about originally these type of things you know, can cause prolonged stress which prolonged stress turns into burnout so you have to be really careful about yeah. this and i love what you said don't put your head in the sand but you have to have some regulation and some boundaries around what you consume and how much you consume you know mm-hmm. i think i think back to my parents you know they 
you know, my dad passed a few years ago, but you know, they'd put on the news, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock, and that thing would run until seven o'clock. So they were constantly getting gaslit with all the negativity that's going on in the world. Didn't matter which flavor of the news they were watching. It's, it's got, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of negative things that the news agencies highlight because, um, that's what gets ratings, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of fear. Um, and I mean, rightly, justified right now but i you know i wanted to just type go back to something that you said about like finding those resourcing activities uh you know meditation or being out in nature or taking a walk or talking to a friend i think it's really important that we identify where these sources of safety are that really calm our systems that help us come back to a sense of connection to ourselves, but also I think most importantly to other people. It's really important that we're checking in with each other, with our friends, our family, our loved ones, our colleagues, because everyone's experiencing this time in, in a different way, but it's it's pretty hard to not be affected by it. Um, and so I think, you know, just being really mindful of like, we're having our own personal experiences, but the people around us are as well. And so we have an opportunity to, as we've been talking about, like set an example of how to stay connected and how to stay present and how to um, take care of ourselves and each other. And that can look differently for everyone, but it's really whatever makes you feel safe and calm and connected, I would say are like really the, the three main things. And that applies to working in corporate as well. Yes. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we talked about a lot of, you know, real life, real heavy stuff here, but it's yeah, kind of going back to what I said a moment ago. It's like you sometimes you just go back to the basics, start at a, you know, okay, let's start clean slate, you know, don't throw everything out, but just like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go in a different room that isn't used. Okay. Let's kind of map this out. What let's start here and add the things we need to. It's kind of like the junk drawer in a way. And it's probably a, not a great analogy, but we all have those, you know, where there's a box or a drawer that's just filled with, I'll save this for later kind of thing. And you look at it and it's just like, what in the world? I don't even know what this thing is. Yeah. But eventually it's good to kind of clear that out, start with you know, a fresh slate and you, you find things i've been looking for that or i don't need that anymore and then a week later you realize oh yeah you did but uh, you can order it online anymore that's life is easier now when it comes to things like that <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll sell you that you know little handle for your bread maker what's that we don't need this oops yeah guess we can't make bread now um but at the end of the day it's just a reminder for all of us just to we have to take care of ourselves um, before we can take care of anybody else and when we do that and we find and, and it takes time you know because so, especially when, and you know this when when people are burned out they've kind of forgotten how to take care of themselves and getting back to the basics of like okay what what does taking care of yourself look mm -hmm. like describe mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and give them the permission to you know, do that again let's yeah. just start one yeah. little step at a time and when you do that and it becomes a habit and it's you know it, it sticks around then you start seeing other areas of your life improve and then from there all of a sudden you're like well you know what yeah the the stress from work is still there but it's not impacting me the same way anymore and i'm i'm clearer now on what i need to do and what i don't and it just it turns around leaders 
which turns around teams, which turns around groups and companies. And it's, it's so simple to do, but it's really hard for people to do. And I think that's where we come in and we say, look, you can do this. You just got to approach it you know, a little bit differently than you have in the past. And you'll see big returns just by getting, you know, getting real crystal clear on what you want to do and what you don't. Exactly. So well said. I think, you know, I've found that often the people who experience burnout are the ones who consider themselves to be helpers and to have really big hearts and to want to make sure that everyone else is taken care of. Right. So as a leader, you put your team first, you put the business first, you put your clients first, and then you put your family and your friends first. And like, but you know, before you know it, we have finite time, energy, and resources, and we ourselves are at the bottom of the list. And then we run out of juice to serve anybody else. So yeah, this isn't about like us doing anything wrong, but it's about turning some of that love and care and tending towards ourselves first so that we can then continue to serve, right? To, to do it in a sustainable way um, and continue to, to take care of our people. Yeah, identify as reformed people pleaser. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> uh, there's a book you're probably familiar with it. If not, definitely pick it up. It's called Disease to Please. Uh, it was by Harriet Breaker. It came out in 2000, I believe. And every couple years, uh, it's my holiday present to myself to read that book again. Um, it's got 21 days of exercises in it. it. It identifies all types of people pleasing. I thought it was a certain type of people pleaser, but after reading the book, I realized it was something else. And it was a, it was an aha moment for me to, yeah. when I finished that book, and it, it it alarmed me on, and it also gave me insights as to why you know, one of the components why I burned out because I was putting everybody else before me. I was like, I wouldn't delegate because they got too much work to do. I'll just go ahead and do it. And yeah. Yeah. So if you don't take care of yourself first, you're not going to take care of anybody. So, um, and when you do take care of people, they're getting a much better version of you. And that's one of those hurdles that a lot of people have to get over. Once they figure that out, they go, wow, I'm actually the best I can be. So, I can be the best when I do give. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's also modeling how to take care of ourselves. Like when, mm-hmm. you know, we, sometimes we think, Oh, I need to, I need to demonstrate to my team how to work hard and how to deliver results. And of course that's important, but there's the, one of the most impactful things that I saw an old manager of mine do. And this was probably 12 years into my career and was the first time I saw a manager take all of her paid time off during the year. Didn't roll over days. She used all of her time. She went to every one of her kids' recitals and school conferences. And and she showed up for her personal life in a way I had never seen modeled before. And then it gave me permission to use my paid time off, you know, and to recharge. That's why we have it. Um, but I hadn't seen it before because I had only had the example of managers who are like, oh, I work through my vacations and I only take two weekends off a year. And like, there's, there was some badge of honor in that. And I, I had to see it modeled in my own leader to realize like, oh, wow, that empowers me to do the same. And when I do it, it empowers my team to do the same. And this is how we prevent burnout. <laughs> so, Yeah. 
Yeah, I had that badge of honor. Then it was turned into a badge of stents in my left interior descending artery. So um, I don't want to do that again. No. That was that was not fun. No. Um, but at the end of the day, it's important for us to take care of ourselves because when we do that, we're actually taking care of others as well. So, Eric, I've loved this conversation. We could talk for hours. You know yeah. that. Uh, but where can people <laughs> find out more about you and all this amazing work you're doing? Yeah. Um, well, you can follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram once I go back on there. Um, I am on LinkedIn regularly at Erica Ziegelman um, or my website, ericaziegelman.com. I would love to connect with any listeners or viewers of the show. Um, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching and work with corporate teams on conscious leadership, burnout prevention, all the topics we talked about. Um, and yeah, it's been such a pleasure. And uh love you know being able to share our experience and, and empower others with this knowledge no thank you and i'll definitely all that information in the show notes so erica always good to talk with you thank you so much for your time today really appreciate it likewise thank you so much thanks for listening to the breakfast leadership show part of the breakfast leadership network Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.